0: be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see you are not alone, you at least got me. We are more alike than you may know, but if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't so ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss.
1: Everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. I'm Danielle Boer, your host, as always. thanks for joining and If this is your first time, enjoy the ride. I'm excited um every episode is different, but we all kind of it's all kind of the same in a way, so um hopefully you find something that you need to hear, and that helps you, and maybe it will help change your point of view. All right. So you always know that I like to explain how that I met the person. So today, this guest, we haven't physically met, but eventually maybe we will one day. Um, and if she was closer, I definitely would meet her and you'll find out. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, there's this Facebook group and I was going through it and her story was on there and basically um you know about her businesses and everything and i was like oh i need to talk to her i i have a dog named rocky mm. and it's been rocky i'm not gonna lie uh, <laughs> oh boy uh he is mm, 10 months old and uh, wild so i was like i need to talk to her so eve molson has been training dogs, working with dogs and learning about them for over 20 years. She founded, owns and operates three dog-related businesses and runs two dog nonprofits. Welcome to the show, Eve. Well, thank you. Thank you. And yeah, dogs, dogs are kind of where
2: I live. Like that's my life.
1: Yay! That's awesome. I'm glad because it's been a challenge <laughs> for me. You are,
2: you are one of the 73% of Americans who now own a pet.
1: Oh, wow. Well, thank you for a statistic. I didn't mm-hmm. know. Oh, boy. Yeah. <sighs> well, at least I'm not alone. <laughs> you are not alone.
2: You are not alone. Um, okay. From a dog training perspective, we love you. Get more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Have, have more of a chaos in your life so we can help you, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Help me grow my business. Uh, that's so awesome.
2: But, uh, yeah, that's that's really it. I mean, 73% of Americans um, after COVID now own a pet, and that is up uh, almost 20%. To so many people went and got a pet during COVID because they couldn't go anywhere and they didn't want to sit in the house and just talk to themselves. So they got a pet so they'd have some companionship, someone to talk to and bitch and moan to or do whatever. And uh,
1: yeah, it was good for business. Good, actually. That's a question I'm going to ask you in a little bit. Uh so I, all right. I always like to point out what I have in common with people. So and ask I really want to know how it affected you cuz I know how so I have gotten divorced as well and I know that in I became a single mom as well um kind of like instantly bam uh again and I was one before but how did becoming a divorced single mom affect your life and your business
2: um my divorce was uh pretty quick and simple um because he cheated with, uh, women online, and I'll let you go down the rabbit hole on that one. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, lots of deep, dark shadow work still going on with me personally, internally. Um, but it, uh, it shifted me and I was really into my business prior to that. Um, I really, I worked a lot. I was growing my business. The, when we were married, the business was going to be, um, our retirement, uh, so the per- process was to build it up, have somebody management, and then, you know, we could stay home and and be a family, and, and he could stop doing his physical labor job. So when the divorce happened, suddenly, uh, literally left everything there, uh, grabbed my child and the 1972 T-top Corvette, because i have just given him that for our 23rd wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. So I was not leaving that. You know, gotta have a hot car if I'm a hot woman, I'm gonna be single now, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are hot, by the
2: yeah. way. It's <laughs> working on. It. Um so yeah, so left, um, and said, Okay, I no longer have a backup plan. There is nobody standing behind me to support me financially, which is huge. Um, emotionally, and I thought, All right game on. So I wrote down a five-year plan of what do I need to do to still have that idea and vision of retiring early in life um, so I can really focus on my daughter and what I would like to see for her. Um, I'm big on education. I, I do have a, a bachelor's degree. I went to college However, I think real life applications are much more valuable. Gary Vee and I are on agreement on this one. Um, not everybody needs to go to school that it, the life in general will teach you so much. And so that's really my goal for my daughter during those teenage into high school years is to give her as many worldly experiences as possible. So with that, I started to revamp my business model a little bit. Uh, dug deep, got standard operating procedures in place, um, created my, uh, nonprofit for my rescue dog program. So financially, the numbers looked better because I also now needed to buy a house and, you know, kind of look at myself solo financially. Uh, and that was a huge awakening. I think that's something that none of us really look at when all of a sudden we become single. When you need to go get a loan at a bank or do things like that, it's, it's very different. Um, because it's not a dual income anymore. It's just you. So really um, digging down deep and understanding that. And then um, how was I going to grow and where was I going to grow? Because one, my existing brick and mortar dog daycare boarding and training facility wasn't going to be enough. So I get Reiki. I really like the Reiki. Open up my chakras. Give me some crystals, the good vibes. Uh, I doubled down on that, too, <laughs> Started of uh, like extra healers and just uh, uh, working on my mental health. And um, I thought, you know what? In order to automate my business, I need to have training videos to teach employees how to be a dog handler. So if I said diarrhea, Danielle, how, what would that bring to your mind? Give me a visual. Describe diarrhea to me.
1: I'm a nurse, so I'm seeing lots of <laughs> diarrhea. Uh, diarrhea is liquid poop. Basic. Okay. So that's one form. Yeah. So, are loose.
2: Loose There's two. tools.
1: Uh, nasty. It smells. Okay, so
2: that's explosive. Oh, yeah. Expl- <laughs> right. Like.
1: Like a baby diaper.
2: Right. So without your degree and without your knowledge base, if you told me a dog had diarrhea, I'd be like, well, describe it. I-, I need to know. And, uh, so I was like, I need to create training videos because I can't stand next to my new hires. And every time a dog takes a shit, go, Hey, come over here. You got to look at this so I could describe it. hmm Um, so I was starting to shoot videos, um, on my phone of just different things that new employees needed to learn and went and got Reiki. And, uh, as I'm leaving Reiki, my, my Reiki master said, I have no idea where this is coming from because I know you're in the dog world, but whatever this video idea it is that you have, you need to do it and you need to sell it and it will be passive income and it is needed. So whatever it is you're thinking of, go do it. I said, okay, Wait, got in my car, made two phone calls, and hired a videographer the next day. So that is how Dog Handler Academy, my online uh, virtual employee training program, came to be. And we are now in 10 countries, um, over 150 subscribers. And it's meant to help train employees on how to identify different types of poop, which we have eight in the dog world, by the way. Mm. Um, <laughs> this is how, how to put on and off a of body harness. You know, you've got a dog, so there's all different leashes and collars and contractions and um, how to dilute chemicals. Again, with your nursing background, you understand the importance of dilution, rates. Right? So those are things that unless people have done it before, they, they don't know. Um, so created the, uh, the online world, which was very much outside of my comfort zone. I'm a, let me touch the dog. Let me scoop up the poop. Let me, you know, a brick and mortar, touchy feely. So, uh, it took the leap. And so now the online business, and then I've most recently, um, looked at my dog school concept that I created during COVID. And I'm now going to license that. So I'm starting one up in Blaine, Minnesota, just outside of the Minneapolis area. And that will be my first licensing venture for
1: my dog school concept. Wow, you're awesome. You're a kick butt. That's really cool. Um, I love it. So I actually have more in common uh, than I knew. So I actually <laughs> left. So I left the state. So my, wow. well, I don't want to talk about him, but there was Keep cheating involved. the it No, well, there was cheating for years. Uh, Not by me, I'll just say. And, and so it got to the point where the kids w- knew about it and I couldn't do it anymore. So I ended up actually abruptly leaving and wasn't even ready. Didn't have my nurse's license in, in Georgia yet. Um, didn't have nowhere to stay with the kids Uh, and unfortunately my situation is very it was like sad too because I have a bonus son so I couldn't legally bring him and so my poor baby, I had, we left. It was just a, it was a messed up situation. I wish I would have thought of it differently, but it got very toxic in our house. So I actually left the house and the police were like, you don't have to go back. And if you don't want to, so not to tell his business, what he doesn't listen, but it's okay. <laughs> he didn't hit me or nothing. Anybody, he was not abusive. So don't, I'm not saying that. Uh But the situation was very toxic for the kids. So I went and got some clothes. And when he was at work with the police escort and stayed at my sister's and was still working. And it got to the point where I was not comfortable anymore and was like, got to go. So I wish it wouldn't have gone that way. But what you going to do? And I miss my son very much. And it's been very hard. And um, it was hard on all of them. So I took three, the three that I birthed and left from Ohio to Georgia. Wow. And that's a huge leap. It is. And my mom was here, so we actually all had to stay in a one bedroom apartment. Oh, that's tight. <laughs> Great times. Uh, My mom loved it. No, sarcasm, sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's like, personal space. I'm There's I none, Right. There's no personal space anywhere. Yeah, she went from living alone to having like 50 people in her apartment. But, anyways, thank you for letting me do that, mom. So, I understand uh I lost my businesses. I had two businesses, not serious. Like one was serious, my photography business. I was yeah. also a nurse there. And, um and then I had this, like I sold like health product things or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was doing very well with that as well, but it is what it is. Um Yeah. When I- it's time
2: to go, it's time to go. You yeah. just, you know, you have to, to make that decision. And it was funny because I spent, I changed back to my maiden name. Um, and I had spent more years with my married last name than with my maiden. Oh. And so that's the hard part when people, you know, run into me again and they, oh, even then they say the last name. I'm like, nope, not anymore. I'm better now. <laughs> so that's like my ongoing little thing. Nope, not anymore. I'm better now
1: no that's awesome yeah so ironically i use my just started and it's not legal yet i didn't legally change it back because a nursing license it is a pain in the oh yes so um i wanted to and then for my stage name i i use my maiden name which is booer and it's actually the worst name in the world for a female comedian which is one of my jokes because it's spelled boo her there you go there you go. Oh, good times. Now, when when did you discover your love for dogs and did you have one as a child?
2: Um, I did, and it's a real tragic story. Um oh. so I grew up um in a trailer park. Uh my back neighbor was a prostitute, uh, the side neighbor was the biker party, you know, some illegal activity going on there. Um So I had a dog, and uh, there was a little pathway next to our trailer, and the dog would always be tied to the trailer, of course, because there's really no yard. (laughs) And one of the neighbor girls um, was wearing clogs and walked by, and my dog barked at her, and so she kicked him in the head, and um, we had to put him to sleep. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And then after that, my parents would not let me get a dog again, so I just... Took in every wild pet that I found and I own. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I did not get another dog. Um, and this happened when I was twelve. So I did not get a dog until I was in my twenties. And uh, my first dog as an adult was a Dalmatian off a rescue. Oh, pretty. And it was a jerk. Oh. It was a jerk. Would not come when called. Would chew up everything in the house. uh, Broke out of the six different crates that I bought. Would shit all over inside of them. Mm. Complete asshole. And I loved her every second of it. (laughs) (laughs) But I I tell everybody, I'm like, the worst dogs teach you the most about yourself. Mm. Um. Patience, persistence, structure. All the things that I lacked in my life, I needed to do for this dog. And the dog wore a cloth muzzle for two years. Now, she could have eaten anything she wanted. It was so loose on her face, but I felt guilty. I felt so guilty that she had to wear this so she didn't chew up everything in the house. But she had already bust out of six crates. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And, you know, the vet was like, well, you could do this and you could do that. Well, she'll be better when she's spayed and she'll do that, you know, read in the books and and all that. Um, So, no, she wore this little cloth muzzle. And, again, she could have opened her mouth because she could eat, she could drink, she could do whatever she wanted with it on. But I felt guilty. And that was my realization. It's not about me. Her wearing the muzzle is not about me. It's about her and her safety. It's about her not eating something and me coming home to a dead dog. Mm-hmm. So that was my, like, biggest uh-uh moment. And after that, I was like, you know what? I'm, I think I, maybe I want to to work with dogs a little bit. And I dabbled. Um, you know, I've watched friends' dogs and that type of thing. I couldn't bring myself to go to the shelters. I was too terrified I'd come home with more dogs. Because, mm-hmm. you know, since I could as an adult, <laughs> nobody was there to tell me no. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Um but uh but yeah and you know I, I learned what building a relationship was with my dog. I was actually living with my now ex husband at the time, um but I was learning how to build a relationship with my dog. Uh so at year three, we bought a house and moved out to the country. And everybody thought I had an invisible fence. Our front yard was three acres because my dog would run. Our Janet's head off, I'm going to eat your face and then stop right at the property line. I didn't have an invisible fence. It was home training. She knew you crossed that threshold, and I will be very disappointed. You stay at that threshold. When I see you, you're going to get all the love and cookies that I can give you. Um, so I, I learned how to train her off leash. Um, she was phenomenal, but those first two to three years, horrible, horrible. Um, I mean, I can't tell you all my neighbors were like, Hey, I got your dog. Hey, I got your dog. You know, um, any opportunity she had to take off, she was gone. And, uh, she would chew through cable tie-outs like she was just a shithead. <laughs> um, but she taught me the most about what it meant to own a dog, truly. Uh, so it's so about five years after I got her. Um, I ran for political office and my little town board, we had oh, 2,000 nice. people in our township and, uh, I ran for town office and, and was elected by the flip of a coin. Whole another story, but very funny. And, um, the treasurer on the town board was like, Hey, there's a organization that really could use some guidance. They train service dogs. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm just starting my own printing business at the time. You know, I, I just, I have a lot going on. And I said, so I don't know if I can make a meeting, but certainly like, I love dogs. I'll help out. Um, my ex, uh, was a huge hunter and so we had hunting hounds for raccoon hunting and that kind of stuff. I think we had nine at the time. So, house full of dogs, um, inside and outside. And so, a few days later, she calls me up. She's like, hey, I have great news. I'm like, what's that? Well, I talk so highly of you that they voted you in as president. No. Uh, what happened? I'm really busy and I'll help out when I can. She's like, well, there's a little bit of bad news. And I'm like, well, what could the bad news possibly be? You just told me you voted me in as president of an organization. I've never been to a meeting, and I really don't know exactly what you do. Okay, what's the bad news? Yeah, we only have $115 in the checking account, so we need to raise some money. I'm like, uh, yeah, I think you you reverse those. Fundraising, I can do really easy. Being president of a nonprofit, never done that before. Mm-hmm. So, uh yeah, that was 20 years ago. I am still president of Capable of Wisconsin. (laughs) That's amazing. We've had to change our bylaws a few times to uh, accommodate nobody else wanting the job. But uh, so that really kind of catalysts me into the dog world um, as a possible profession. Uh, So our our dogs, um, over the course of, I had my printing business for six years. Um, During those six years, I would just take, the dogs with me to the print shop it wasn't a big deal well then we i found that the dogs needed more dog to dog socialization and so we were utilizing a local dog daycare and one day um there was an accident on the highway so i called the daycare i said hey I'm, i'm gonna get there like right at time there's been an accident i can't i'm stuck in traffic and they reminded me of their late policy i said oh okay well i'm I'm sure I'm not the only one that's going to be, you know, potentially late. And she wasn't nasty about it, but she was very to the point about it. And I said, okay. I pull up, I grab the dog, and I said, "Uh, do we have any passes left? She goes, well, and I said, great, donate it to the Humane Society because we won't be back. And I literally got my car and I said, oh, my God, I can do this way better than that. And five years later, I opened up my dog baker business. Oh my goodness.
1: That's so cool. You that's are. Because somebody made me mad. <laughs> Good for them. No, that's shame near... No, I actually, uh, lost a lot of weight one time because somebody made me mad. Maybe somebody needs to make me mad again. I need to do oh it again. No, but you're right. Like, if, uh, it depends on your personality. So, like, with me, if I'm challenged or somebody thinks I can't do something, I'm like, what? Huh? And it like you know like fuels me. But if you're right, so if you have a passion for something, and you're like, no, you're that's not how you do it. And then you're like, well, I'm gonna figure out how to do it. I'm gonna do it better because people deserve better. That's wonderful. I love that. Um, well, what's your favorite thing about? Dogs. It's a weird question. I don't know if you've probably ever been. A
2: yeah. So, well, and it's funny because people ask, always ask me, "What's your favorite breed?" I said, "Non-shedding, non-pooping, non-barking." And they go, "Do they make one of those?" They go, "Nope." <laughs> they have to the poop, get... right? <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, and I think for me, the favorite, my favorite thing about dogs is what they teach me. Um, humans lie. Right? Like humans talk bullshit. You know. We we can put the facade on Facebook and then real life it's a shit show. Mm Um dogs are authentic. Animals are authentic. You know, they don't they don't really care what you think, right? They don't they don't care what color their fur is. They don't care if they have a shitty haircut. Um so it's it's what they teach me about being authentic and understanding. Now, if only I could find
1: a man like that, you know? Right. a girl. Right. Like? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should invent that. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> so, um, all right. My favorite thing about animals, per se. It's really funny because, like, I was always a dog person, but I ended up getting two cats, uh, first. Well, first, I got one because, um, this girl that I knew found them underneath the house, like little kittens. Oh. And Jo was like, "If I don't get rid of these, I'm going to have to take them to a shelter because she just had so much going on, and she already had animals, and then she took in all these kittens, and uh, she wasn't a cat person either. And then so we got him, and so I was like, okay, so we actually literally picked him up on my um, on our daughter's birthday. But well, my daughter always has to go to my ex husband's for her birthday, which she, she just got back, literally um, as well." now in real life just got back but she goes every summer so um we facetimed her she was so excited she saw this little tiny ball of fur and then a year later um my friend a different friend was like we weren't even going to get another animal at this point but (laughs) it was like I need somewhere for this cat to go. I found her outside. Then I got her microchipped and I got her vaccines and blah, blah, blah. She's like, I need somewhere for her to go. So I looked at my boyfriend and he was like, no. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) he's so kind. He's so good because he helps me take care of the animals like for real, Um, like more than I have time to. (laughs) So he's, he's wonderful. So then we got her. And so she is the most, she's amazing. Like, and I tease because she's the only girl because the boy is also a dog, which I, I mean, whoops. No, that's not true. The dog is a boy. See, I am I got things mixed up. So the Jasmine is like the most, like, it's weird. She just doesn't act like a cat. So we always say she had to have been like a female human before because she is so... It's so weird. She has like the emotions and understanding and like just everything of like a person, but she's so loyal and she's so. But she also wants to be left alone sometimes. She's like just hmm. back up. But and then the dog, not the boy, is a dog. The dog is a boy, and he is a baby, and he is wild. And again, my boyfriend's like, "Uh, we got a lot going on. Maybe we." Just, and my daughter's like, "Oh, so, <laughs> oops, but." Yeah, really. But with um with animals and like they're so and now my boy cat, the oldest one, he doesn't he's not like this. With me. He's like this with dad. So with dad, he's very loving. He'll walk in between his legs and he'll be like and talk to him and me, he's like, No. But the two other animals, uh, they're like that. Like, literally even the cat will wait at the door And the dog, they, like, wait at the door. And then when they see you, they're, like, so excited. So it's, like, that unconditional love that is so beautiful. And that's, like, my favorite thing about animals. And, you know, I would just say a dog before, but my cats are the same way. And even the male cat. He's, like, very moody for a male. But but he has his moments where he is like that with us, too, like, very loving and just wants to be like you know rubbed and stuff and and just they're just so i don't know like you said they can't lie they can't like really hurt your feelings too much i mean when they destroy stuff that's frustrating but i mean they're not like yeah you're right that's what i was having with my lovely little boogerhead his name's rocky but anyway oh well i um I'm not bitter about it, no. (laughs) It's frustrating. (laughs) But literally, I bought this gate that was like $140, and it screws into the wall. So he would not, you know, get out or whatever, because he was literally destroying everything. And he tore the whole gate off of the wall several times. I don't know how. Still, I haven't seen him do it. But he is like, I'm like, dude, he's not even that big. He's a French tin. Like, how are you doing this? What are you, what do you, but they're smart. That's another thing. Animals are so smart. They have to problem solve.
2: That's very true. Yeah, you're right. Right? Right. I want to get to that and they will problem solve their, themselves to get to that. That's Unlike awesome. a lot of humans <laughs> who don't know how to problem solve. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have six foot high walls at my daycare. And we have, and it's usually the hunting dogs that literally will jump over the walls. Wow. Like a horse. And I'm like, yeah, because they want to see what's on the other side. (laughs) (laughs) They'll figure it out. They'll push playground equipment around so they can,
1: like, alley-oop themselves. Yeah. They're problem solvers. Yeah. That's what he was doing. So, like, but I don't know how he pulled the whole gate off the wall, but he was doing that. How he was getting over the other one was that he was, like, moving everything and yeah. like trying to and he was little like so little and it's like I'm very impressed though I'm pissed but I'm impressed <laughs> like that's the hard part yeah I know when I yeah. move home to my Dalmatian and I'd be like how the
2: hell are you doing this yeah you know and back then like we didn't have you know smart cameras to watch your dog and all that kind of stuff and uh, my ex-husband was like maybe we should put up a trail camera I said well I got a better idea I have Next Friday off, I'm just going to sit outside and watch through the kitchen window. Because, mm. yeah, I, like, could not figure out how the dog was. Because the crate would be perfectly intact. But the door would be open. And I'm like, I don't understand. Whoa. Yeah. So she would put her front paws, so it was a plastic crate, because the metal one she had ripped the bars off of, and, like, I would come home to a bloody mess.
1: Oh, my God.
2: So that we were up to the plastic crate. So she would put her paws on the grate of the the door. And then push up her back to pop the gate out of the little hole. Wow. So then I was like, okay, so then I went and got the great game size. So she couldn't do that. Well, then she would get so pissed, she would literally flip the crate. So, like, I would come home and the crate would be upside down and she'd be sitting in it going, this sucks. You know, like, and then same thing. She would sit and push on the edges to the point she could pop the gate. So then I took her ratchet strap and I'm like strapping the damn thing down and I'm like this is ridiculous I have I literally spent $1,100 on crates instead of just this six dollar muzzle because I felt bad about the six dollar muzzle
1: oh and it wasn't the muzzle didn't hurt her right it was just like it's just not aesthetically pleasing correct right so as humans you're right so as humans I mean, I feel bad about everything. So I would be the same way. Um So that's why I was letting Rocky at one point just run around the house because I couldn't leave him in a crate all day. And then so Cause that bothered like, you because that bothered you. Yeah, well, it okay. was too long, though, because I'm gone literally uh. 14 hours. So oh, yeah. Well, that's too long. too long. Yeah, sure. too long. <laughs> so, like, legally, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> that's, and not only did it bother me, it would be wrong. Like, it, yes. it's not, not, yes. Uh, that's a would and would neglect, yeah. So, I don't want to do that to my baby. So, all right. Now, you talked about a few of the businesses. What was the nonprofit, the first one that you got into, or was the dining, yeah, so the first capable one.
2: yeah capable canines the nonprofit group i didn't start that one it was pre-existing um so that was the first delve into dog world so to speak um and then that catalyst me into my dog daycare fun for pets and then um from fun for pets then i started my own non-profit second chance to shine and that's where we take in behavioral cases from shelters and rescues. So dogs that need training in order to become more adoptable. Um, so then we transitioned to to creating that nonprofit. And then I created my online Dog Handler Academy uh virtual program. And then now Dog School of Blaine. And then I just went before the village board last night to start a second brick and mortar dog daycare business called Possum Pets Country Club oh my god so hopefully that, that'll tie me off for a while hopefully that'll kind of like you know keep me busy enough that i won't feel the need to uh start another one
1: oh, <laughs> my gosh my head, oh, my head is spinning from all the, that's amazing first of all i just like to say that you are a kick-ass woman and well thanks you are so welcome thank you for being a kick-ass woman uh that's such a good example for everyone and i like am so impressed with you uh because and i'm glad you had the funds and the money because some people don't have that and that's hard makes it harder but well i mean you have to be creative yeah true. so when i even
2: though i was married at the time when i started fun for pets My ex-husband wasn't going to stick any money into this. He thought it was the stupidest idea ever. Who the hell takes their dog somewhere for someone else to watch them? That's just dumb. That was my support system. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. So I took out 12 credit cards in one night. And I posted on our university's um, pages, all their different groups. And I said, hey, I'm starting up a doggy daycare. Anybody would like to work there? Um, I'm requiring 40 hours of volunteer activity as part of your resume. And so I built my dog daycare when I mean built like the inside, the outside was there. But we had to epoxy the floors, build the walls, um, tile the walls, paint everything, put down astroturf, put up a fence. So 12 credit cards, $5,000 cash from my dad. And seven college kids and it took seventy-two days for me to open my doors.
1: Wow. That's that's amazing. Good for you. And you're right. Like if you want something, you'll figure it out. Absolutely I, right. Yeah, I was I went to there was a couple of commercial um
2: buildings that were being renovated. And so I went found the superintendent on the job site and I said, Hey, I need doors and doorknobs. I need this, I need that, you know, these are all the things I'm looking for. If you set them aside instead of putting them in your dumpster, I'll come grab them for you. It'll save you money because then it's not waiting down your dumpster. I've begged, borrowed.
1: I didn't steal anything, but I've had to borrow a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. That's something I like too. So it's like a, I don't know, I don't say push and pull, but like, when you are doing business and like, like you said, bartering, it's like, how can each person, you know, help the other person? So that's really cool. I'm kind of starting to do that. Like even in the world of, I did it in photography 100%. I'm out yeah. of photography now, but I did it in photography all the time. But it, even in the podcast world, I'm kind of like just starting to learn. Um, and, uh, I wanna eventually I don't have funds right now, so I have to think about and the time, but I can make time somehow, but I wanna start this uh place where I can do my comedy and do a live podcast or something like that, like some and it could be like a cool like loungy kind of place, and so there's this guy that owns a smoke shop. And he is the sweetest guy. And I don't smoke, but somebody I love smokes. Uh so so I went in there and the guy was the kindest, had the best energy ever. Like, and he's just starting yes. out. So uh my boyfriend was like, Go do a video for him like, on oh. So I did like a live video and like shouted out his business and I was like, um one of the open mics I do is at a hookah lounge and I love them and I'm not trying to compete with them, but and again, I don't really smoke, but I was like a hookah lounge is a cool place to have like a hangout and like do comedy or like an open mic even like singing whatever or and stuff like that and so he sells them and he was like i would the hookah the machine thing and he was like i would give you a great deal and so there's a place for rent by him but again right now i do not cannot because rent up went up on everything so much So I would be paying like four or five thousand a month just to pay for the building and I can not, that's right.
2: Yeah. That that um, becomes unattainable. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, And that's just it. And it's, it's funny because the divorce, you know, again, not having a, a not that I really had a backup before, but just knowing that, you know, if shit collapses, I got an option. Like, there's nobody that's going to pay my, my bills for me. um, And so that, that is a huge driver. Um, I am terrified of banks. Ooh. Like, mortified. It makes the brothel pucker up just to pull into the drive-thru and, like, have a transaction. Like, I just, <laughs> you know, growing up, I just remember hearing my parents talk about, you know, 13% interest and, in, they don't have money for a car. And how are they going to fix this? And the bank will never give them money. And the bank will never do this. And the, You know, like, so that that was ingrained in my head that based on where I grew up, a bank is never going to borrow me money. And the banks are bad. And bankers just screw you over. And you know that money mindset piece. So I have done a significant amount of work. I, I hired a business coach. Couldn't afford it. Put it on a credit card. Um And I will tell you that I maintain... Minimal credit card debt, uh, because I hate that too. But, uh, but I use them when I need them. And I knew that I, I was, didn't have the capacity to fix some of my beliefs. And so, um, I hired a business coach in my industry. And yeah, I'm over that shit now. I walk into the bank and I'm like, hey, I need to borrow a uh, half a million dollars for this project. They go, all right. Numbers look good. Yep, Numbers look good. Okay. We'll just send something over. Okay, cool. Like Green. that, that took forever. Um, after I got divorced, I needed, I wanted to buy a new car. Um, I was driving an old four and again, not having somebody to back you up if the car broke down or something. It's like, it's, I need to get a, a new car and I just got divorced three years ago. So I was driving an old car my staffers had better cars than I did.
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, shit, one drove a Hummer for sake. But anyways, um, so went into buying a new car and, you know, they take you into the finance office and the guy, he's like, here you go. You can start filling this out. And I just looked at it and instantly sweat, like running down me. And I'm like, um, can I take this to my accountant? And I said, I'm just not sure, you know, what he wants me to fill out. So can I just take it to him and have him send it to you? Well, I can help you with like, it. No, no, no. He said, if it's okay, can I take it to my accountant? He's like, Yeah. I'm like, okay. So I drove to my accountant's office and I'm like, hey, can you fill this out? And he kind of tilted his head. And he goes, What's wrong? I've never filled out financial documents before. That was my ex's expertise. Mm. I'm the negotiator. He used to work in finance at a car dealership and and that type of stuff. And I said, I, I don't know how. And he says, okay. He goes. Do you want to learn, or do you want me to do it? I said today. I just want you to do it, and someday I will want to learn. He says, "Okay," and he filled it out for me and sent it in. That was a huge humbling moment for me to acknowledge where I was weak and that I wasn't ready to step forward. Uh, however, once I have my new car. Um, I did go back to my account like a month later and I said, okay, so walk me through, what does it mean to buy a car? Like what is taxes, fees, licenses, and all this shit that I do not understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a scary part for divorcees, right? Like if there's something that somebody else took care of and, and then all of a sudden you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, it, it brings up a lot of the self-worth, self-value, the loathing. Um crap and uh, yeah that's that, that was hard for me so now I really try and learn a lot about money and finances um, I very much know my numbers when it comes to my business so like I know how much a one square of paper toweling costs to pick up poop it's four cents it takes two squares to pick up an average size pile of poop Every dog poops in daycare twice a day. I have 110 dogs in daycare. So that is 16 cents per dog per day to pick up poop. Wow. Now you know.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I've always wondered that and (laughs) you answered my (laughs) (laughs) question. That's very interesting. So... I wanted to ask you, like, okay, I know I've heard of, like, a million non-profits, but what exactly I guess it means that you don't take profit, but what makes it, what legally makes something a non-profit and like, I don't know, like, what makes a non-profit? Everywhere the what's in the why? Yeah. So the That's biggest reason, silly.
2: yeah, so, um, my non Second Chance to Shine, those dogs live within my dog daycare and boarding facility. Huh? My dog daycare boarding facility staff take care of them. We're all meshed as one unit. It's just by creating the non-profit and having it be a 501c3, and that's really the key thing. You can be a non-profit without being the 501c3. The 501c3 just means if you decided to write me a million dollar check, I can give you a tax write-off. Mm-hmm. That's that kicker piece. So, I was buying food and I couldn't like I I couldn't write off a lot of the things that I was that my business was doing for these rescue dogs. So like you can't donate your time. So all the staff time of taking care of these pets is not a tax write off. Okay. I lose money on them. Um, buying food and toys and bedding and special bowls or whatever, you know, incidentals that they need. That can be a tax write-off. So I don't have to pay taxes on purchasing it. I can do fundraisers. So that way it's not all coming out of my pocket to, um, care for these animals. And so that was really kind of the key piece was that it allowed me to, um, do fundraising and then purchase all the items needed for the dogs with that money versus my money. I'm already still donating about $200,000 because my staff take care of them as fun for pets, Um, but at least we're able to lighten the load financially on me, and so it doesn't affect my my numbers um, as the brick-and-mortar business as much.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Um, hmm... I I didn't know. So basically, like any money that's donated just is just the business is used for the business training materials, whatever. Right. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. And then yep. unfortunately, like teachers, you're spending your own money. What's any business, though, to be same honest? Concept. Yeah. And that's, the, that's the <laughs> same thing with any business. You know, like, yeah, when I became a photographer, you buy all the equipment. You don't have clients, you don't have a portfolio, so then you have to do some for free or trade somebody or whatever. Or just like with this podcast, I literally am having to buy everything. You know, I'm not making the income from it yet. Just being honest, guys, not yet. I just started. Uh, but eventually, if I do, that's great. But I still love it. It's fun. Uh, I will eventually because I know that this show will help a lot of people. But at when you start off anything, then you're kinda are and that's the same thing with the guy with the smoke shop uh that I was talking to him about because he had to buy every single thing that's in that shop and he's paying you know the rent for the place and he's got like all that stuff, and so to make it back, that's the first the first year or two is the hardest I think of anything, even a marriage i think but <laughs> so yeah. That's the same thing. Okay. I was just curious. Thank you for answering that. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I created the uh,
2: nonprofit during COVID, um, because I, I didn't have the funds to be forking over all this money anymore. And so I said to my accountant, I said, I need to fundraise to help feed all these animals. Like my business is not profitable enough at the moment to continue this work. So either I need to tell the shelters and rescues, they have to take these dogs back. And just stop the program altogether, or I need to be able to fundraise. Um, so that's why we did that. Uh, it was because of COVID and I, I needed help. Um, which is a hard thing to ask for sometimes. Uh, so that was just my realization.
1: Well, being strong enough to ask for help is, is another, like when you talk about energy and stuff, I believe in energy, but like when you talk about that, that's another step, like yes. of level that is very sometimes hard even um some me uh it's hard sometimes to ask for help i've gotten better at it but i think sometimes there's this thing where i'm like well not that i'm weak but like it's a sign it's like if you can't handle everything then you know it's just like yeah yeah. so but that's not true, guys. Come on. It's not true. No. Oh, wait, oh, well, and that was
2: the thing. That was the thing. You know, I'm I'm running a successful business and I was able to stay open during COVID, but I just I couldn't make ends meet long term not knowing the outcome of COVID.
1: So I was actually gonna ask you, did it COVID affect you in any negative ways? I know it oh, wow. helps get more pets, basically, essentially board yeah. dogs. <laughs> but Yeah, so our daycare numbers
2: prior to COVID were around 86 dogs a day for daycare. And then we would do about 90 dogs for boarding, which is spending the night with us over the weekend. Um, it went to 32 dogs a day for daycare mm. and zero dogs in boarding because nobody could go anywhere. Wow. I had to lay off half my staff um, and I, well, at first I was like, Oh, I've got money in the bank. I can ride this out for two weeks. And then two weeks became four weeks. I'm like, we're still good. And then it became six weeks. And then at eight weeks, I'm like, "Uh, shit, I'm running out of money. And so I laid off half my staff and I thought, okay, What are my biggest ticket items? And that's training. So I ran a 30% off sale of all of my board and train options. And my lowest one is $2,600. Normally I do like five board and trains a year. And we ran the sale and I did 10 in one month, which saved my ass. Wow. Uh, I was able to bring my my staffers back. I took three of my staff and taught them how to be dog trainers. And then, um, reached out to the local hospitals and I said, Hey, we're still able to stay open. I've got clearance from the health department and they did a email out to everybody letting them know that we were still open and my numbers went right back up because everybody just made the assumption that we weren't essential and that we would have to close. But in fact, the trucking comp, the truckers needed us because they had to travel, you know, yeah, 14, 15 hour days. Um, the hospital staff needed us. Um, the manufacturing plants, uh, needed us again. You know, they, they were revamping and having, doing shorter, but shorter days of week, but longer shifts. Um, so yeah, so we were slow for about 60 days on daycare. Boarding was slow for eight months. I had 125 empty suites that I would look at every day. Mm. One weekend we had four dogs and that's because those people had to go to funerals. Hmm. Um, it was, yeah, it was like twice as sad. Like, These poor dogs are here because somebody lost somebody. And I'm looking at all of, all of my hard work over the last five years just go to shit. Um, so we shifted gears and went into training. So I created dog school. We're just like human school. Um, you would drop your dog off twice a week, either Tuesday, Thursday or Wednesday, Friday between 6.30 and 8 a.m. And you could pick them up between 4 and 6.30. And during that time, they work on being a better pup. So we do basic obedience. We did a lot of social stuff, counter surfing, um, not being reactive to every dog or human that they saw because people were now home and walking their dogs more and they realized the dogs were jerks or they'd be on a zoom call and their dog would lose their mind and, and, you know, they couldn't get their dog to stop barking. So we, uh, we really shifted gears and, uh, went full full steam ahead into training. And that is what saved my business during COVID.
1: Wow. How? That's so awesome. It's not awesome that you had to go through <laughs> that. Well, yeah, you, we all went through stuff. Uh, of we fact, all went like,
2: through something. Yeah, we but, all went through something. But that,
1: that really, that was a catalyst then.
2: Um, so, you know, it was a catalyst for me to create Dog Handler Academy. But that was also the catalyst to create the dog school concept. And now I'm licensing it and franchising that out. So, um, it helped me again. And I literally got divorced four months before COVID hit. So, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to go out. I'm going to do all this stuff. And I'm like, nope. I'm trapped in my house for two years. This is awesome. Great time being single. Oh, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it just, it, it allowed me to think outside my box. Um, and really expand um, my skill set, my knowledge base, and create create more. Uh and I think it's a great thing. I I go around and do lots of speeches on how to create a dog school concept um at area conventions. And uh I think the dog school or the training slash daycare model is really gonna be where we start to see my industry going.
1: How long is the uh training program like how many weeks? Or is dog, it just until they do better? Or
2: Yeah, so dog school is 12 weeks, so it's a semester. <laughs> um, some people do one semester, and then, you know, they feel good about it. Other people do multiple semesters. When they're puppies, I usually tell them, do a semester, you know, take a month or two off, and then you can do another semester. You know, puppies go through a lot of hormonal changes uh, over the course of their first two years. So I tell people, you know, it's not necessary as they're, growing and aging to keep them into the program. They can take time off in between. Um, But yeah, dog school has been great because especially when people have kids where where you live alone and you just you don't want to do a board and train where your dog is with me for three weeks to learn. You want your dog home at night. Uh, So it just spreads it out and and makes it um, more enjoyable that you get to pick your dog up and and, uh, see them every day.
1: They get so excited too. And it makes you feel Gosh. good about yourself. <laughs> they're like, Oh, they love me and they get like oh, so excited
2: <laughs> Yeah, we just had a dog boarded last week. Uh, and he was with us for a week and we brought him to the lobby to see his parents. And he went up, sniffed him, and then turned around and tried to go back up into the play area. Ooh. And the mom was like, well, what's wrong? I said, see, he just, he loves his friends. I'm sorry. You know? It's like, shit. <laughs> Hope she paid the bill first.
1: Um, oh, yeah, oh. You know, I mean,
2: and why so always says, no offense to you, I mean he's just having a good time and he wants to sure, continue. Sure. So it is nice. And, and it is cute, too. And um, we actually have had dogs escape their homes and show up at our facility.
1: Oh my gosh, that's yeah. crazy! And they like they literally can find their ways their way back. It's so amazing.
2: Eighty yeah. percent of what a dog knows is through their nose, so they'll just sniff their way right to right to us. So
1: yeah, oh, you're so special. They want to find you again. <laughs> Track me down. Track me down. That's right. So, all right now, well. I guess I'm still a female entrepreneur because, you know, yeah. So uh, how do you find, and me and some of the female comedians, we talk about, (laughs) we talk about some of the challenges that we have uh, because there's not as many females. So is there anything like about being a female entrepreneur that's been a, challenge or or a maybe an advantage i don't know that you found yeah
2: so in the animal industry um it is more female dominated and i think it's just because it's the caregiver you know if you look at dog rescue and and things like that it's mostly female orientated um so from the industry standpoint being a female is very well accepted um but being taken seriously. And I can never decide if it's because I'm a female or because I deal with dogs. Oh. You know, like, which one is it? So if I'm sitting at a chamber of commerce event and I've got the head of a, a grocery store chain and I've got the president of a bank and, you know, a guy that owns a crane company, and what do you do for a living? I pick up dog shit. And they go, oh, I go, like, yeah, lots of money and shit. Let me tell you, you know, and like I make jokes about it um, because I just they, you know, their mind is just like what. And then when they say, well, how many dogs do you take care of? And I go, 110 Monday through Friday. Holy shit! Told you I pick up shit for a living. So <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it, it is part of my industry that I don't think is taken super serious, um, but. Being, when you go to those chamber events and when you go to those, you know, business meetings and you look around the room, it's it's male-dominated suit ties. Mm-hmm. And my coping mechanism or my way to feel at ease is using humor. So I'm not a comedian. I'm just a smart ass. And I will, you know, crack jokes and say stupid, inappropriate things to keep people guessing, uh, about me. But yeah, I think it is hard and, and honestly going into the bank, you know, most of the executives in the banking industry are met and finance guy was a man, the sales guy at the dealership was a man. My accountant is a man, you know, all the things that you have to have conversation about, men. zoning was a man, health department was a man they're all meant that I had to go and ask permission mm-hmm. to operate my business or borrow money from my business or insure my business. So I do try and make a point if there is a female option to look at that first. Um, and I really go out of my way to try and celebrate when I see a woman winning at her game.
1: Me too. Uh, I'm very proud of, especially, no offense to us, because we're, you know, I mean, not that it's offensive, but especially if they're a minority, because if it's a minority female... I don't even know you and if I find out that you're the owner I'm so proud of you and I will literally want to talk to them and they'll be like is something wrong I'm like no you're amazing (laughs) and they're like okay crazy lady no but like no but they appreciate it because here's the thing as females we have I'm not gonna say like everything's so much harder for our female ah Experience I had at work yesterday. Yes, females have it harder sometimes. It was horrible. And it was like a physical female problem that I had at work. It's embarrassing. I had to change my pants. I'm just an honest person. I had to change my pants. And guess what? When you change your pants and it's totally different color pants, people want to know why you changed your pants. I didn't pee, I didn't pee myself, guys. (laughs) I did not pee myself. But anyways, it was very bad. It was not fun. And I was on call. I had, I said, I'm going home and take a shower and change my clothes. That's just me being honest. TMI, too gross. But, but the thing is, like, sometimes it's like, you know, I mean, things that we only go through is that, of course, that's harder that men cannot go through. But I have a lot of friends that are, um, black women, even Indian. I mean, like all kinds of, they're Asian, all kinds of different, uh, backgrounds and races and stuff. And the things that they tell me and the things I've experienced, theirs seems more difficult i'm just telling you Absolutely. right so it doesn't take away from what anybody does even if it's a ma- or even whatever but if somebody has to work way harder or i've gotten opportunities that i probably shouldn't have gotten or like a job or something in the nursing world probably because i'm white and not because i w- want it to be that way or not because i'm like Hey, look at me, you know, give me the, no, 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 no. But, and not even that I know about it, but I'm pretty sure it happens and it's not fair. And so, um, somebody could have way more experience than me and say, for example, where I lived in Ohio, there wasn't a lot of different cultures or backgrounds there. Really wasn't in the little towns I lived in. I lived in little tiny villages. They were called villages. And yeah. so, um, So I know in that instance, if there was a black nurse that came, even if they had 20 more years experience than me, unfortunately, I probably would have gotten the job because people look at the outside and look at superficial stuff, which is not fair because if... And I don't do a bad job. I do a great job. I'm a great nurse. So I'm not doubting myself and saying I'm a white woman. I don't do a good job. But what I'm saying is that person might take better care of the patient or have more experience in that specialty than I do. So it's just sometimes, it, it, you know, that kind of stuff is just like, I don't understand, but that goes off on a tangent. So the point is like, when I see a woman, any woman, or it could even be a man, but when I see minorities or like a woman and a woman minority, I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Great job. And they really appreciate that it, even if it's just any kind of woman, it doesn't matter what race you are, but it's just the point that I'm like, "Hey, I see you you I know you yes. worked hard, I know you had to have worked hard, right, yeah, and so, yes. um, it's just sometimes I know maybe men aren't like this, but I think as women, we like recognition sometimes <laughs> like we like a little bit. we we need that you know, we need that pat on the
2: back a little bit more because. As a woman, I think it's just expected that we're going to do the work. Cause we're caregivers by nature. We are the caregivers. It is just an expectation. Well, yeah, she, she can do it. She can handle the dishes and the kids and the blah, blah, blah and paying the bills and this and that. Like, right? Cause they saw the women in their lives before them just do it. Right. I'm like, dude, me getting up in the morning should be a freaking high five right? Like that should be celebrated. I got my ass up and made it to the bathroom. That should be celebrated. Um, that I didn't, you know, sit with my head under the pillow going, Oh my God, I'm a divorced mom raising a 10 year old. I've got 24 staffers that I'm responsible for their well-being." You know, like, yeah, we all have a reason to stick our head in the sand and under the pillow and not fall out of bed. And we just need to celebrate the fact when we show up in whatever form we possibly can that day and and be there. So, yeah, I I try and instill in my daughter even um we went down to a little festival on the river and there were food trucks and you know little vendor people and we we made a point to try and buy something from each one of them. And even the food like we bought it and then went and gave it to some homeless people, like you know, Aww. just trying to show her to be that supportive person, um even if it's not your thing, how can you be supportive and and to those little things um you know i don't I don't think us buying a ten dollar meal from a food truck, you know, made their day, so to speak, but we were one part of that day.
1: It's important i I love that because that's something we have in common. I do the same thing and my so my situation's way different than it was. I was a single mom. I had my first one at 18. I was pregnant at 17. I had my second one by 20. And I was it was difficult. And now, you know, and then I had my bonus son, which I he moved in with me when he was 4. And so then I had three kids all the time every day. And I had to navigate through nursing school With the three kids and everything, then the businesses and whatever. But now my daughter is basically a single, like an only child because my oldest one is 21 and he lives on his own and does his own thing and has two dogs that are, they're bad. Okay. You shouldn't say bad, but they're bad. They they ate the door. Anyways, that's that, that's we we call them buttheads because that okay. means different things to different people. So we say they're just a butthead. Oh yeah, they're, they're buttheads. Uh and then so my nineteen year old lives in Maryland with his dad now and he's doing really good. I had some stuff with him that was very difficult. And then you know, so now my daughter just turned nine. And so we tried to do it with the boys, but it was hard but Sometimes my 16 year old, when we would go to like, so Atlanta, there's a lot of homeless people. Yeah. And we would go at Thanksgiving, we would actually start making an extra turkey to do this and extra sides. And we would make plates, and it was never enough, unfortunately. And we would go take it. And I think one time he came with us, but, you know, he was 16, 17. Like they like to, you know, view their friends and different things. Like we would eat, and then he would want to go or whatever. So, but the the little one was always there, and she saw a little baby outside and was homeless, and she was so sad, so it's good to, for them to see things like that and let them know like you know everything's not peaches and roses, you know, just because yeah. we don't go through this, and I actually was homeless um and I'll talk about it on several episodes, but I was homeless when I was pregnant with my second one, so They don't remember it, but I told them about it, and it, you know, was, it's humbling to me to be able to help now, and it means the world to me, but it also is important for her, so to the point where she gives her allowance money to people that are homeless, because she's like, we, I need to help them. So one time she gave right. $20, and I was like, sweetheart, you don't have to give all your money. I appreciate it. And she was like, right. no, I, I want to. And I said, okay, honey. And so that's beautiful that you do that with your daughter. She's, what, 13 now? Or uh, I was trying to do the math. Mine's 10. Yeah, mine's 10. And then, ten. then I, have a okay. bonus, yeah, I have a bonus son who's 29. Oh.
2: Yeah, so. so her half-brother is 29. So yeah, kind of that, you know, that gap, yeah, so yeah. She, she's an you know, she really is an only child because it's just her in the house. Huh? Yeah. But yeah, so we, we really do. And we're to the point now we do quite a bit of traveling for my industry. I have speaking engagements and stuff and I always bring her with her and my mom. Aww. And if she sees a homeless person with a dog, we always have, we always have a dog or treats. So they get treats, a water bottle and five dollars.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. So, and 10 year olds. They're so smart, like, jeez, too smart. I think. Uh, my just turned uh-huh. uh, nine, literally, and so, like I said, so she turns her birthday's in the summer, so I miss her birthday every year, and, uh that's okay though, cause I get her the rest of the year, so I have to there look at go. it like that. So, but she, she really has changed over the last few weeks. I was like, what? And so she's so mature and just more understanding and it's beautiful, but she's also can be sassy at times, but it's a really, it's like a wonderful thing. It's like, you're so grown up little girl. Like what happened <laughs> you know? And, right. but it also keeps us on. I think it keeps us in check as parents because it's like, I try not to be negative in front of her. And if I, if I hear her being negative, then I'm like, I have to check myself because I was like, oh, wait, did I just say something negative? Is that why she's talking like that? You know, so it it really keeps us, you know, kind of grounded, I think. I do feel Oh, like, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And my daughter loves
2: to be a problem solver. You tell her what issue you're having, and she will talk through different solutions. So one day we're in the car and i got a call hey so and so didn't show up for work and i'm like jesus christ you know i'm like sorry honey we can't go to the movies i gotta go into work blah 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 you know i'm pissed off and she's like mom i have an idea of how we can make sure all the staff show up all the time all right whatever what's your idea we're gonna throw a surprise party and at the surprise party we're gonna have presents for the girls like make it some like sparkly fun shiny jewelry. And I said, well, we have boy workers. Yeah, we're going to get them good, cool, like, leather jewelry. (laughs) And then, you know, we're going to feed them. So, like, we're going to spend money and have somebody, like, bring the food in so it's good food. And then we can play some trivia games and, like, throw some sandbags. And we're going to make it fun. But it needs to be a surprise. So that way, nobody can say no. So, like, we're going to do it at work. So that way, everybody's there. And then they all have to participate. And we're going to make it fun. And, you know... If work is a fun place, then people will want to show up and they'll want to be there. I couldn't argue with it. Like, I had no argument. I was like, shit, she just solved my problem.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. And they impress me too, just like, you know, animals do. (laughs) But they they do, because it's like, oh, I never thought of it that way sometimes, you know? And times have changed though, because I was like, when I was this young, you know, technology has changed everything. Yes. yes. They yes. have access to learn, well, sometimes bad, sometimes good things, and so it's really changed the trajectory of, like, just kids in general. Like, they just, they, I think that also makes them more understanding, because they're like, oh, well, you know, and they could just read things and, and find out things and it may it, it in a way it's could be hindering because it's like back in the day you had to go literally figure it out and go pick up a book and go figure it out that way. But it also is cool because then they want to learn more. Like mine wants to learn more and more and more and right. I love that. Um so thank you for talking yeah, about
2: it, it does you know, technology's made it good and bad. You know, it's opened them up to more things at a younger age. Um, which is, allows them to mature faster um, or be more knowledgeable about things quicker, but at the same time, yeah, it also opens them up to all the crap a lot sooner as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh Yes, there's a lot of crap unfortunately. Um, and you can't hide them from all the crap. I try to do that with my oldest kids and that kind of backfired. So, <laughs> so yep, I,
2: I, I did the same thing. I actually got yelled at by my stepson's therapist one time. He's like, can you just you don't have to be rude about it, but just be honest. Just say the facts the way that they are. Stop hiding it. He's not dumb. Yeah. That's like true. Well, I just it's disappointing to give bad news, so to speak, or, you know. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I just Yeah. Yeah. So right. so yep, yeah, I got yelled at once.
1: My boyfriend has told me the same thing. Like he's like because again there's a big age gap and so he's he he's not rude about it either but he's like you know kind of do things different than you did with the boys because you sheltered them from everything and then it like again it backfired so he's like you need to tell her stuff so we do uh, not like of course like really crazy gruesome too much stuff but like things like you know, he's like, tell her things that you went through. You don't want her to go through the same thing. And I'm like, well, she's young. He's like, no. And then so she understands it. So it, it actually is, was a good thing. But with them, I was like, oh, I can't tell them nothing because I don't want them to get hurt or them to think this or that. And then it's just was not good. But you live and you learn. I mean, I'm a lot older now. I'm almost 40. So it's, it's a big difference of what, you know, what I did when I was 18.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, in, 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 you know, each child and situation is different, you know, like they say, you can be a survivor of your childhood or a victim, but understand that your parents did the best that they could at that moment in time, good or bad. They were doing, you know, they were doing what they thought was right at that moment. And I always think like you can't punish them for it. You just got to do better and, and move forward. But, yeah, it, it gets hard. My daughter, when, you know, she, of course, asked, well, why aren't you and Daddy together anymore? And I had said that he cheated. And then, I don't know, months later, she watched a U, some cartoon on YouTube or something, and cheating was one of, boy, this is a girl. Mm. And so, so Mom, how many girls did Dad kiss that he cheated on you with? And I was like, whoa, time out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my like, hey, you know, So, at first, I was like, so you think cheating is kissing and well, yeah, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And then I just kind of was like, okay, I'm not going to delve farther further than that. But, <laughs> uh but yeah, it was just one of those of uh, holy shit balls, um, catches you off guard. And then you're like, okay, now I have to answer these questions. And now I don't know what, what you know, Is the dial a friend on that one. You know, can I dial can a, phone phone a friend? Yeah, that's what happy? I say. Phone a friend. That's my appropriate answer at this second. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, those things pop up every now and again and, and mm-hmm. shock me. Or, you know, Eleanor, what, if we're at work and the phone rings, she'll grab the phone and, oh, your pet's can to help you. Oh, certainly, we can accommodate your pet, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, like, she just takes, to, she's heard it, she knows the script, and she'll just take charge and handle business. And so it's it's neat to watch them come into their own and at the same time, you wish they'd stay young and innocent.
1: Right. But just th- like a
2: dog, right? They're yeah. cute when they first born. They're cute little fluffers. Yeah. And then they get to nipping on your fingers and being naughty and eating things like Rocky. Yeah. And, uh-huh. um, and then you get through that phase and then they're your best friend. So.
1: <sighs> he is still my best friend, but oh boy. Um, so yeah. I don't know. It- it'll be okay. He's still young. So. That's a good, uh, segue into the question that I (laughs) what advice do you have for someone that's struggling to train their puppy other than say that they live far away from your, like I live far away from your facility. So what advice do you
2: have? There's tons of resources, you know, there's YouTube videos and all sorts of stuff to watch. The key thing is what word are you, what words are you using? Okay. And only use those words. So it can't be, Rocky, knock it off. Damn it, stop that. What does all that mean? Right? Like, so stick to a word and your words cannot be yes or no. Okay. Because you say yes or no 40 to 50 times a day. So if you're on the phone and you're like, no, I don't want to go there. Oh my gosh, no, I have not seen that, but I really want to. And the dog's like, I heard no. Well, did I do something wrong? So no loses value because you just say it willy-nilly in your vocabulary. And same as yes. So when you don't want your dog to do something, we use the term uh-uh. So it's uh-uh. That I means make a better choice. Do something other than whatever it is you were thinking of doing, like chewing on my shoe. And then you follow uh-uh up with come or um, let's go get them to go somewhere else. So the key is you do your negative, and then you need to do, what do you want them to do? Okay. Because if you're just like, no, and then you walk away, they'll be like, well, what the fuck else am I supposed to do, right? Like, you just told me no, but I don't know. I still have the shoe sitting right in front of me. It still looks good. You walked away. Do I get to go again? Was that just pause for a minute? So it's, uh uh-uh, come. And then how do you reward your dog? So I use the word good, because to be honest, we don't say that very much in our normal vocabulary. Um, So I use the word good. You can give a treat. You can do a clicker, like whatever. But it needs to be, what's your negative word to tell them to make a better choice? And what is your reward word? And you need to use those often. Um, The dog looks at you. You know, you're walking down the hallway and the dog comes around the corner and looks at you and you go, good! And then give them some love. So that way they know every time you say that word, something positive is going to happen. You know, think of when your kid comes in the door from school, right? And you're like, hey, how was your day? They're like, good. And you're like, awesome. Glad to hear it. Right? You're rewarding them for saying they had a good experience. Same thing. So I teach, uh-uh, good, sit, and wait. Those are my four. Oh, and their name. Their name is really important. <laughs> so every time I call my dog's name and they look at me, I go, good, and I give him a treat. Now, why is this important? Because you're out in the backyard dooping around and they see another dog or the neighbor comes out and your dog runs over to the neighbor's house and you're like, Fluffy, come, Fluffy, come. They're not coming because memory has told them that last time you said come, they got stuck in their, you know, whatever. They got a timeout. They didn't get anything positive, right? You say, Fluffy, come, Good." they are like, oh my god, every time mom says good, I get extra 11 or I get an extra cookie, right? So they get to the point where as soon as you say good, they know that something good is going to happen, and then they come to you.
1: That's really so, funny. I accidentally... Your words. I love that. So my uh, Rocky probably thinks his name is Baby. True, true story. Uh, if I say it is the funniest thing, I don't know how this started. It wasn't even a training thing. It was just like me i don't know because he was a baby so when i say baby he puts his head on my leg or in my arm and i'll be like baby and then he'll go and then he just like he just lays on me it's the funniest thing or if he is somewhere and i say where's the baby he'll like come running like but (laughs) He also kind of answers to Rocky, so I need to change, no, stop calling him baby. But for some reason, I don't know. I just like, because he was so little and so he, right. he was the And baby. you can use both names. I mean, you can okay. use both names totally. But it's just when you need
2: to, um, have him listen to you and follow commands, make it simple. You know, so, so many times, you know, people, they go off on the tangent, you know, Fluffy, come. Hey, you. Yeah, come, 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 what? Come, come, come. hey, hey. You know, they're doing all these things. And then the dog's like, whoop. Mix signals, mix signals. You know, that's like the guy that sticks his hand out and leans in for the hug, right? Like, so you're like shaking and hugging simultaneously. Like, what are we doing there? You know, make the signals clear. It's like you're going on a date, right? Keep it simple, make it clear what your intentions
1: are. Those are good. That's really. That is good advice, too. The word thing is very, 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 very helpful. Thank you so much. My daughter started saying, I don't know where she saw it, because I actually saw people training in a pet store, and mm-hmm. they were using the word nice, and I don't know how my daughter saw this, maybe YouTube, but now she she came back the other day, and he she taught him nice, and he's listening when she says nice, and I'm yep. like, oh so she and then she's so funny i don't let him and he knows this i don't know how like i think it was just because i kept like not hurting him but like pushing him down every time so with dad he rough houses and he's allowed to jump on dad mm-hmm. me he will i do not allow him to jump on me especially when i'm wearing like scrubs or something like that um and then so he doesn't even really jump on me anymore but she was teaching him it was so funny just the other day she goes like this and he'll jump on her. And then she goes, nice. And then he'll get down. And I'm like, Oh, okay, girl. And she just turned nine. I'm like, you're a dog whisperer. That's yeah. good. You just
2: stick with the word. And that's yeah. the key. And that's where, that's where people, you know, if the if everybody's not using the same terminology in a household, it gets real confusing for the dog. Um, and just keep it simple. You know, real, like I said, I I don't teach my dogs to lay down because that's just not natural. Um, If they're going to sit, they should stay in the sit till it's time to do something else, but I don't need them to lay down. If they're comfortable, they'll lay down and fabulous, great. But I don't need to teach lay down. I'll teach them kennel, go to your kennel. Um, And either that means go to your kennel or go to your dog bed, like whichever one you, you know, depending on what part of the house we're in. But yeah, I, I don't teach it down.
1: I'm weird. No, that's not weird. <laughs> it's whatever, whatever works for you, obviously works for you because I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of you for going through things like we do in life and being inventive and saying, okay, what am I going to do now? Or getting hit with COVID. Okay. Well, how can this benefit us? How can we help people in this time and figure that out? That was very smart. And, I I love that because I feel like sometimes you know, and that's that's shows that you have great energy and like what you were talking about with the say the word again, not what were you saying with the R word or when you went to the was it an R word? You said you were asking me to expand my about... vocabulary. Oh yeah. my my Reiki
2: my Reiki, Reiki. yeah. Like,
1: what are you talking about? I didn't say a R word. It, does it start with R or am I? It does, yeah. Okay. R-E-I-K-I,
2: I think.
1: Okay, yeah. It was um, just, we talked about it a while ago. So you're like, what are yes. you referring to? Yeah. So um, Reiki, so like that shows that you have good energy because you took to the situation in a positive way as opposed to a negative way. And uh, that's a good example for all of us because sometimes I struggle with that. You know, sometimes automatically the first thing that, Pops up in a situation is, oh, dang it. And then you're like, you know, instead of like how to solve it, you're focused on the problem. So that's really great. I'm so proud of you as a good example for your daughter. And, you know, as humans, as parents, we want to be good examples. Uh, even if you've never had kids in your life, even for the younger generation or people around you, you want to be a good example. And,
2: and the younger generation needs us to show up every day.
1: True. Super true. And and that's the thing. As you, as they're getting, I don't want to say they're more intelligent than us, but maybe they are. But but as they get more and more knowledge, they know how to program your phone. They know how to program your phone. How about that? <laughs> She knows how to do everything that I like literally in 2 seconds that I struggle struggle yes. with. And I'm like, okay, good for you. No, I'm happy for her, but I'm glad that and that's the thing like they have more um resources and stuff, but yes. if but it can also be dangerous because if they have all this information, they know how to use stuff, if it's not used in a positive way, then it can be not beneficial. So the fact that we can learn from them, number one, the younger generation, and we can, you know, show okay, so being positive and thinking of things and and basically thinking before you do things is important, and that's hard, you know. And and as we grow, we realize, and sometimes I look back and I'm like, maybe I should have done this. I said it earlier. I think I should have done. Things differently, Absolutely. and um, and all you can do is just is move on, and in the future do things different. You know, you can't take back anything. But no, no, and that's really it. And you know, and
2: and don't live in your shit. You know, we, we will all go through shit. Just don't mm-hmm. live in it. Yeah, let it go. And I went to therapy after my divorce. um I had five sessions. The lady said, "You have good coping mechanisms. I think you're fine." And I'm going. I think I'm pretty messed up in the head, but okay. Cool. Oh, um, you know, but, uh, and she was a really good therapist. Don't get me wrong. Like I'd never been to therapy before, but I felt very comfortable with her. Um, and you know, I just felt like I needed something else. And so I just reached out to alternative things and, um, had done a few Reiki sessions prior to my divorce, actually in regard to my, my bonus son, who was having some issues that I, couldn't solve for him, um, but it was weighing on me. And, uh, yeah, so then I just, I said, okay, well, therapy thinks I'm, I'm cool, I'm good to go, I got good coping skills, so how do I go about making myself feel that way? Uh, cause I didn't feel that way. And that's, yeah, so that's where Reiki has helped me. Um, I've done some shadow work looking at the dark side and forgiving myself for shit I didn't know at the time. And doing better, and um, you know, crystals—anything shiny and sparkly always makes a girl feel good. So
1: that's so cool. I love it. And you're right, it does. Um, And also, I want to do a corny pun because you (laughs) work with dogs. So don't live in your shit. Scrape the shit off your shoe and move on. I just beautifully said. Beautifully said. Yeah, so if you step in dog shit, you're not going to just keep it on your shoe and just be like, stand there for two hours and go, oh, no, I never got going to do it now. You're just going right. to be like, okay, let me clean my shoe and let's ge- keep on a- moving.
2: And how you clean it is going to be different for everybody based on your circumstance.
1: Very good. Very deep and very good. I like that.
2: All right. So See, this- we should just do a comedy thing back and forth. Like yeah. you rock it. It'd be awesome. Yeah, y'all. I love it. You could, so send me, you could send me the hookah, you know, like we just, we figure it out. I've never done that, but you know, nice I haven't either.
1: I haven't either. Um, and you wouldn't have to do, so when I go to um the hookah lounge, I don't do hookah, but I just like, you know, they have open mic there. They have all kinds of different stuff. They have a gaming system thing there. That's not what mine would be because I'm, uh they're all like 20 something year old men, which is cool. No, it's really cool. It's like they have contests and stuff. It's really cool. Oh, wow. I mean, they're doing very well. And he actually has done very well during COVID too. And I'm proud of him. And, uh, and he's a, um a, a black young man, 20-something years old, that started this business by himself. He has his friends Very that help him work there, but yeah, right, super, super right, awesome. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I'm proud of him too, because I'm like, that is, is a cool concept that lots of people wouldn't have thought of. And, uh, but anyway, that's another thing. So basically, any advice for entrepreneurs, um, uh, really quick that, that you have, maybe? Um, <laughs>
2: So lessons learned hard way, um, in all of my businesses, you can't afford it, but you need to get a mentor because you don't know everything there is to know. Um, so my first mentor, yeah, I, I paid monthly on a credit card. You know, it was one of those, the fee was $8,000. I'm like, I don't have eight thousand dollars. Um, but I could pay her monthly by a credit card and, you know, she belongs to other mastermind groups and, you know, collaboratives. So I'm getting the knowledge of all these other people that five years ago, I, I would just have my one business. If I had not hired her as my business mentor five years ago, I would just have one business. For sure, because my mindset around money and growth was not where it needed to be in order to continue growing my businesses and thinking outside the box. So find yourself a business mentor. It doesn't even need to be somebody you pay. It could be a podcast. It could be, you know, somebody online, um, could be somebody in your community, but find yourself somebody that is two to three levels above you. Or definitely is where you want to be and learn from them.
1: That's cool, and that's the same thing with like asking for help. You know, like and even if you're paying for it, you're still basically asking for help. Oh, um, I can't. Yeah, and that's and that's beautiful. Um, and that's another thing. Like, if uh, like my boyfriend's really into like learning real estate investment and stuff, and he loves Grant Cardone. And he oh, yeah. watches. He watches Grand Cardone, he listens to Grand Cardone, and that's taught him a lot. And we have he hasn't even paid it's like just the f- the free ones that he posts. Yep. And I did pay for the one thing, but but that's taught him a lot because he's listening to somebody that's actually successful and doing the things that he's teaching. He's actually doing them and 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 doing well with it. So well, yeah, this it's huge. So and
2: awesome. It, yeah, Go ahead. I mean, if you if you have a mentor that doesn't tell you where they screwed up, then they're probably not a good mentor. They should talk about their struggles and their failures, not just their successes, because you need to learn how to not repeat those failures. <laughs> right. True. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I've listened to Grant Cardone. He's great. Um, the, the newest one I started listening to is Gary V. Um, he's really good. I've done Brene Brown, Simon Sinek. Um, Russell Branson, you know, there's just, there's tons of people out there that are giving you free information on how to change your mindset, how to work in that industry. Um And you, you just need to listen
1: and implement. True. That's, it's true. You gotta do it. They say that you can lead the horse to water. But you can't make them drink. <laughs> so.
2: Oh, yeah. I talk to people all the time. Oh, my God. I so want to do this. And I'm like, well, it's one o'clock. You want to write up a business plan? Well, I couldn't. Okay, it's now 1.02. Why not? By 1.05, I want to either shit or get off the pot with you. You know? <laughs> if you tell me I can't, you can't do something, I'm going to challenge you to do it. Or at least... Walk yourself down the steps to really show me that it's not attainable. Right. It's rarely unattainable.
1: That's a good point. Uh, I just, I always talk about myself. It's so selfish. I'm sorry, everyone. But but when I... It's your first, show, babe. It's your show. Yeah, i do what I want. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But when I started, I was like, there's no way I'll be able to figure out how to edit this and do the podcast myself and so in one day now it's not perfect okay but in one day my episode aired late but it took me one day and so it aired um super late at 9 p.m which I felt really bad for my European listeners because it was the next day for them and it made me disappointed in myself but then I thought about this I literally started from zero to I didn't even know what program I was going to use. Literally, my Wi-Fi went out in my house because of my dog, Rocky, you little stinker pot, because he unplugs it when he he just broke our TV the other day, too. We had to buy a whole new TV. Yeah, it's great times. So anyway, he unplugs the Wi-Fi all the time. So I was like, I'm not getting out of my garage. I'm going to just use my hotspot. Then I couldn't download the program that my friend used because I asked for help. My friends have podcasts. I said, what do you use to edit? Again, I've never done this before in my life, but I don't know how to do it. So that program wouldn't come on my computer, I found out it's because I don't have a um a Mac. So it's only for Mac. So then all this stuff is happening. So I'm like, oh. so I had to take a two hour break because mentally it was too much for me. Now mind you, I worked in the two days before that, I worked 28 hours. Okay, so Monday and Tuesday, I worked a total of 28 hours on five, no, nine hours of sleep. And then the next day, I'm trying to figure out how to do this. The point is, everyone, is that I did it. I finally got one of them download. It's actually a pretty good program. I didn't know how to cut something. I'm watching all these YouTube videos, still couldn't figure out. Finally, I pressed this button. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's obviously how you do it. Now I have to get it down to the millisecond. You know what I'm saying? So it took me probably, I'd say like just sitting down because I had to keep getting up. So I wouldn't go super cuckoo. But it took me like five or six hours. But it was a long episode. It was like an hour and 45 minutes. I was so proud of myself at the end of the day because I was like, I know it's late. And now I'm having, you know, I mean, it's like. I'm But you I, still showed up. You still showed up. And everybody was like, well, just skip. Just take a break for a month. Just do this. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Because here's the thing. Yes, I have a lot going on. But I don't want to allow those things and teach my daughter that, like, oh, yeah, you have a challenge. Just give up for a while. And my friends weren't saying in a bad way, of take a break. They're just like, maybe you just need to, you know, find somebody else, reevaluate, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm determined. So they, it was a challenge to me. <laughs> I was like, I am determined to figure this out. I'm good. So, you know, you, you can do anything, anything that you want to do. Anything you want to do, you can figure it out. You can do it. So, absolutely. Don't give up, everyone. Keep trying, even though if it takes you five or six hours, it is okay. And, um, and it's also okay to get frustrated. It's not okay to like just heave ho and just like quit all together, I guess. I mean, you do what you want. But like in my instance, I was like aware enough to, to know I have to take a break. Like I have yeah. to. And then I had a fresh mind and then I could actually focus on it. So. Yeah. So no it- difference than dog training, you know, a dog. Oh.
2: I can't get a dog to, you know, walk nicely on the leash next to me. I'm trying all my tricks. Nothing's working. Just sit down. Just sit down. Sit down. Breathe in. Breathe out. Allow the dog to just take in a moment. Ground yourself. And then start over.
1: Yeah. That's good advice for everything. Good advice. It's life. Yeah, that's good advice for life. Seriously. Because things happen abruptly sometimes that you're just like, you're just forced to make a decision. And so sometimes you have to breathe first and just take it all in and understand it and think. And then now I can, you know, so that's good advice. Well, it's been beautiful and lovely meeting you. You're so awesome. I'm so proud of you for all the things that you've done. And I'm so glad that I met you because you're so yeah. wonderful.
2: I know. See now, I now I have a reason to come down to Georgia. I haven't
1: been to Georgia. Yet. You, you got to do it. You want to see some fun butt heads? Go to the dog park. There's a lot of dog oh. parks here in Georgia.
2: Dog park is another name for germ disease infested fight ring. Oh. that's what we call it in my industry.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh I I see that I understand that that makes total sense um, you know man. there's no there's nobody checking the door there saying do you
2: have your rabies shot there's nobody that's like disinfecting anything I mean nope. like sending an unvaccinated kid to school right like have
1: I never thought of it that way and I never have taken Rocky to a dog park because he's a little bit too much So, I don't know. There are good dog parks, but in my industry,
2: that is is That's what we call them. Because calling them, you know, something else would be inappropriate.
1: (laughs) I understand. Uh, All right. So, thank you so much. So much. You are
2: very welcome. Very welcome. And if people have questions, comments, what have you, um, yeah, how can we find you? Dog Handler Academy is uh, the best way. You want to become a dog trainer? We have a program on there uh, to certify you as an obedience trainer. But uh, Dog Handler Academy is my primary business focus these days, and that's where uh, I kind of live right now.
1: That's awesome. So, do you want to share your um, any like social media, or is it just all Dog Handler? Is that what it's under?
2: Oh yeah, DogHandlerAcademy.com or Facebook, and we also have an Instagram page.
1: Okay. That's so awesome. Thank you so much. And you are amazing. Well, I adore you as well, my dear. I love having fun. Yeah. It's so fun to have fun. And it's necessary. Like you said, it's like a coping (laughs) (laughs) mechanism. It is. is. You know, if you're having a challenging day, just laugh. You'll feel so much better. You really will. Because it's like... You know, I cry a lot. That's Hey, this is an episode I didn't cry, everyone. I just talked <laughs> about shit. <laughs> that does make me cry. Has anybody ever heard of C. diff in humans? It is disgusting. You will cry if you get that on you. Uh, I'm just saying. Um, yeah. TMI. I always have TMI, but I just talked about yesterday how I literally worked in an ICU and literally got shitted on all over me and this is what happens um i'm working a night shift and they say we don't have no staff so go take a shower in the labor and delivery unit and put on some new scrubs and come back and that's what i did rock on oh yeah so hey, uh, it happened <laughs> hey the patients can't take care of themselves, so you just gotta keep on and push them. It's nasty, though. And TMI. Sorry if you're listening to all this poopy talk. And um, it's a part of it's a nature. We have to do it.
2: So I'll go down as your uh, I'll go down as your shittiest guest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you're you're a fantastic de- guest that likes to talk about shit.
2: <laughs> there you go.
1: All right, so. Eve, you are awesome. Thank you. I want to keep in touch with you, and we will Absolutely. talk again. We can, do, we can do a follow-up shit talk. It's all good. We should call it that. That would be fun. Follow-up shit talk. I would like it. And don't forget, don't live in your shit, just scrape it off of your shoe and keep on the pushing. You got this, people. You can do it. You heard her. She went through a lot, and she is has So many successful businesses and she's helping people and her nonprofit is awesome. Uh, Can people donate to your nonprofit or we didn't talk about that. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So second, so it's the number two and ND chance to shine. Uh, They can go to our Facebook page and uh, donate through PayPal.
1: Yay. Please do that guys. That would be lovely. And it's, it's a really awesome thing that she's doing and helping you know, the dogs get a better chance to get adopted, of course, and to get rid of those behavior problems. So, um, that's a beautiful thing and a great idea and much needed. All right. So, all right, Eve, thank you so, so much. You're awesome. And we will share all your links and everything when the episode airs. And I just want to thank you again for, um, coming on and speaking to me and I'm so glad that I met you yeah me too thank you you're you're welcome best of luck with all your new ventures and your schooling um, your dog school thing that you're doing now and I would love I would love to follow up with you as well and especially when you get that rolling we'll do that for your one year anniversary Woo-hoo! I'm so excited about that. All right, so have a great day and we will talk again soon. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining and listening. Yay! Eve is awesome. That was wonderful. I actually learned a lot, and you guys all know me. I go off on a tangent. I'm sorry. So if this is your first time listening, um, sorry that I go off on a tangent. That's <laughs> what I do. I like to show what I have in common with people, though. So that's, like, why I do this. The whole point is, like, she's from a different part of the country um i've never been there before and she actually you know has stuff in common with me because we're all human beings so anyway so eve uh molson is really awesome and i love that she is so good with dogs and helped me with my dog rocky so follow her guys and if you live in her area, check it out. Um, check out her business. If you have dogs and you need to board your dog, go to her business. Um, also doghandler.com. Go on there too. If you want to learn how to become a dog handler, check her out.
2: All right, so
1: check it out. I think, you know, she just wants to help people and and teach them about dogs and how to get them to be obedient. All right. Now, word of mouth. If you like this podcast and you learn something, please tell someone. Tell someone, your friends, your parents, your siblings, anybody, co-workers, and share it with them, please, guys. That's why I do this. I love the listeners. You guys are amazing. Seriously amazing. Follow me on Authentic Points of View Podcast. On Instagram and Facebook. Email me at Authentic Points of View at Gmail. Hit me up, guys, if you want to be on the show or if you find, um, a subject you want to talk about or some interesting person that you want me to talk to, let me know. I would love to interview them or you. Thank you so much again. I really appreciate you. And hopefully this, um, podcast has helped you change your point of view or helped you in some kind of way. I appreciate you so much. And I will talk to you next Wednesday.
0: Thanks for listening to authentic points of view podcast. I hope that something you heard today changes your point of view. If you would like to share your views, please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at Authentic Points of View Podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart.